don't know, my name is Aaron Riddle. I am the associate pastor of Faith Baptist Church in Chehalis. And so I wish I was here under better circumstances and your pastor was feeling better. But I am thankful to be here tonight and uh, just glad for the opportunity. I'm going to try to sing a song for you tonight. Mrs. Grimes was at the church this morning and I was telling her that when I go somewhere new to preach, normally before I preach I like to sing a song and either one of two things happens. Either it's good and people get a blessing from it. Or it's terrible, and by the time I'm done singing, people will think my preaching is so much better because my song was bad. So either way, you know, you can kind of, kind of something good can come out of it. But I'm thankful for the Lord tonight, and just uh, thankful for His goodness. <clears throat> when the sun rose that morning on the day of Job's trial, He rose up to serve God any other day, bound and determined to live in God's favor, and nothing would stand in his way. Then the messengers, they came one by one with their stories, in just a few moments, Job lost all he No matter what goes on in our lives, He is worthy. Amen. But uh, praise the Lord for that. All right, we're going to be in Psalm chapter 84 this evening. Psalm chapter 84. It's a little warm, so loosen my tie if that's okay. <laughs> Psalm chapter 84. <clears throat> I do appreciate the opportunity to be here tonight and the hospitality and friendliness of everybody. Some of you, I'm, I'm, I know, met uh, a family over here at our church, so it's nice to meet the other ones and just meet some other fellow believers in the Lord and uh, all that kind of stuff. So thank you for a church that's still faithful to, uh, you know, still have church on a Wednesday night, amen. So I appreciate your faithfulness in being here. But Psalm chapter 84, 
And uh, we're going to start in verse number 1, Psalm 84 and verse number 1. The Bible says this, How amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts! My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. Yea, the sparrow hath found a house, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young, even thine altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house, they will still be praising thee, Selah. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, and whose heart are the ways of them. Who passing through the valley of Baca make it a well, the rain also filleth the pools. They go from strength to strength, every one of them in Zion appeareth before God. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer, give ear, O God of Jacob, Selah. Behold, O God, our shield, and look upon the face of thine anointed, for a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for this evening, God. Thank you, Lord, for just your goodness and mercy and grace. I thank you, Lord, that just because of who you are, that, Lord, you deserve to be blessed no matter what's going on in our life. And you are holy and you are righteous and you are just. And, Lord, your name deserves to be lifted up. Thank you, Lord, for just as I said, a church here tonight that still faith would have church on a Wednesday evening and these folks gathered out tonight, Father, to, to hear a message from your word. And God, we just ask that, Father, you'd bless this time. Lord, I, I plead the blood of Christ right now and ask, Father, that you please forgive me of anything in my heart or life that would hide your face or power from me, God. Uh, Lord, empty me of sin, self, and pride and fill me with your spirit and with your power and, Lord, what I need to, to preach your word. Uh, God, I know tonight that if these people just are, are here and they just hear a, a message from Aaron Riddle that, God, it's not going to mean anything. Lord, it's not going to change a life. It's not going to have an effect for eternity. Uh, but, God, if you would get me out of the way tonight and these, these folks wouldn't hear from Aaron Riddle, but they would hear a word from the Lord, God, that's what would make a difference. And so, Father, I pray that you'd please get me out of the way, uh, that Jesus Christ would get the increase, and he would increase, and I would decrease, Father. Hide me behind the cross. And, God, I just, I very much need your power and need your strength, that being in a new place, just a lot of thoughts running through my mind. So, God, please calm my mind and my heart. And, Lord, help me to preach with power what you've laid on my heart. I pray it'd be a blessing uh, to these folks that are faithful on a Wednesday night, God, when, when maybe there's some others that should be here but chose to do other things, and these folks could be out doing different stuff. So, God, please Please bless them for their efforts tonight. And as you fill me with your spirit uh, and the power to preach your word, fill them with your spirit, God, that they'd be ready and attentive to hear what you have for them. So please, God, help us tonight. We're a very needful people. Uh, God, we're nothing without you. And God, I confess that and admit that. Lord, apart from you, I don't deserve to be behind this pulpit. I don't deserve to be saved. I don't deserve to serve you. But God, this is what you've called me to do. And so, Lord, I'm, I'm having faith and trusting in you that you're going to give me the power to do it. So, Father, please help us tonight. Please be with Pastor Stewart. And, God, I pray you just touch him and heal him up, God, and get him back to full health soon. But, Lord, meet with us tonight. Help me to preach as a dying man to dying men. And I'll be sure to give you the glory and praise and honor because you're the one that deserves it. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're here in Psalm chapter 84, and this is a great passage of Scripture, so I encourage you sometime to maybe just take some time to read it for yourself and just kind of meditate on some of the stuff that's found in this passage. It's just packed full of good things. Uh, but for the sake of time, we're just going to jump right into it this evening. Uh, when I look at Psalm chapter 84, I see that the psalmist mentions three kinds of people who are blessed. Three kinds of people that are blessed. And it's important to realize, too, in this world today, uh, there's some people that kind of like to act and think that we can just act however we want to act and do whatever we want to do and live however we want to live, and God's just going to bless us anyways. And to be honest, church, I, I don't believe that's the case. I believe when you look in Scripture, there are certain people that are blessed, and we're going to see a couple of people in this passage. Yes, the Bible says that God makes the sun rise on the just just like the unjust, but folks, it's worth it to live for God. It's worth it to live according to the word of God. If you want to be blessed, uh, live according to this book. Live according to the things that God told you to do and, and not do and all those types of things. But I don't know about you, but I want to be blessed in my life. Amen. Right? I want, I want to have God's favor. I want to have God's power. I want to have the touch of the Lord on my life. I, just, I want him to be there in my life. I need him. Amen. But so jumping in here quick, we see three kinds of people who are blessed. And the first uh, group that I see in this passage are number one, those that dwell with God. 
those that dwell with God. In verse number 1, the Bible says, How amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts! My soul longeth, yea, even feigneth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. And jumping down to verse number 4, the Bible says, Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will still be praising thee. So who is blessed? Those that dwell in God's house, which to me is a picture of dwelling with the Lord. If you go to someone's house and spend time in their house, what do you do? You're dwelling with that person. When I was young, uh, I'm from Pennsylvania and my best friend lived about a mile down the road. And you know what we like to do? We like to go over to each other's houses. You know why we like to do that? Because that's where our friend was at. Because when I was at my friend Matthew's house, that means meant I got to be with my friend Matthew. We got to spend time together. We got to do things together. And church, if you want to be blessed this evening, I'd like to say, learn to dwell with God. Learn to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Learn to walk with Him and fellowship with Him and talk to Him and have Him talk to you because church, Christianity is a lot more than just following a bunch of rules and regulations. Right? Too many people today think that's all Christianity is, is just do that and don't do that and go here and don't go here and partake of this and all. And yes, there are things in the Bible where God says do this and don't and all that kind of stuff, but people miss the fact that Christianity is about a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and God Almighty. It's the fact that God himself wants to spend time with you and wants you to spend time with him. And you can fellowship and talk with him just like you would a friend, just like it would a family member. He calls us. Uh, he is, the Bible says that he's our father once we trust him. And so, Christian, learn, learn to dwell with him. Hey, at my church, especially, I, I teach the teens and, and, and run the youth group and stuff. And one thing I stress to our young people is spending time in the Bible, spending time in prayer. Why? Just so we can say, well, we read our Bible every day or we pray... No, because that's spending time with God. Because that's giving the Lord the opportunity to talk to you and you talk to Him. And Christian, that's important. But I will point out here too, though, and and speaking of dwelling with God, it does reference God's house. In verse number 4 again, it says, Blessed are they that dwell in thy house, they will still be praising thee. And in verse number 10, the psalmist says, For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. And I believe part of the important thing about being faithful to church is because, folks, this is where God's at, right? Yes, he's at home. Yes, he dwells inside of us. But the point we gather together is not just so we can, you know, we're bored on a Wednesday night and have nothing else better to do. I go to church because I want to meet with God because it's the Lord's house, amen. And I just as a word of encouragement, I, I appreciate you folks being here on a Wednesday night, right? That shows me that you have some faithfulness in, your, in, in the house of God and you want to be where God's at. And so I want to encourage you to keep it up. But we see first off in this passage, though, that those that are blessed are those that dwell with God. And Christian, if you want to be blessed in your life, learn to dwell with God. Learn to walk closely to Him, with Him. So we see number one, those that are blessed are those that dwell with God. But number two, those who are blessed are those who trust in God. Those who trust in God. In verse number 12, the Bible says, O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. And folks, God is good to those that trust in Him. Those who take him at his word. That when the Bible says something, we have faith in it and we depend on it and say, hey, this is what the Bible says, so I'm going to keep God at his word, I'm going to trust it, I'm going to believe in it, and I'm going to do it. And that's not always easy to do, right? That's why it's called trust. Because sometimes God tells us to do something or not do something, and we don't really always see the end result or our flesh doesn't like it. It's like, God, this isn't, this isn't the easiest thing to do. But if you want to be blessed, you need to trust in it. You need to obey him. You need to follow him. You have to realize that, hey, God knows a lot more than we do. And God knows better than we do. And folks, if we want to be blessed, we need to trust him. And as I said, the Lord is good to those who trust him. In verse number 11, the Bible says, for the Lord God is a sun and a shield, right? He gives us light and he gives us protection. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. And Christian, this evening, do do you trust God when he says that? And no good thing will he withhold to them that walk uprightly. Now look, just because we think something's good does not necessarily mean God thinks it's good. Right? Because of course, you know, for me, I think it'd be good to have a million dollars and have a fancy, you know, sports vehicle and all that type, like all this different type of stuff. But God really knows what's good for us. And that doesn't mean we're never going to have any hard times or any difficulties or anything like that. But I believe that God knows what's best. The Bible says in Psalms that as for God, his way is perfect. And then a couple of verses later, it says, he maketh my way perfect. And what I found in my life is when I trust God and I follow him and I obey him, I'm blessed. God is good to me. God takes care of me. 
And so, Christian, we see not only are those that dwell with God blessed, but those who trust in God are blessed. And, Christian, if you want to be blessed, learn to take God at His word. Learn to obey this King James Bible. Amen. So those who are blessed, number one, those that dwell with God. Number two, those who trust in God. But I also see number three in this passage, those who are blessed are those whose strength is in God. Those whose strength is in God. In verse number five, the Bible says this. It says, blessed is the man whose strength is in thee and whose heart are the ways of them. I like to say those who are blessed are those who depend on God and those that God is their strength and God is their help. Christian, this, this Christian life can be hard and difficult at times, right? It's not always easy to be a Christian. It's not always easy to be faithful. It's not always easy to serve God, right? It's not always easy to preach. It's not always easy to sing or play the piano. It's not always easy to, to teach a Sunday school class or, or whatever it is. And so, folks, we need God as our strength, right? And this kind of goes back to dwelling with God and having a relationship with God. Because what does that do? That gives God the opportunity to strengthen us. And I'm very big on, hey, whenever it's time to preach or whenever it's time to sing or whenever it's time to go street preach, or pa- praying and asking God to help. You know why? Because I don't want to do it in my own power. I don't want to get up here and just preach. I mean, I can have the best outline. I can be the best speaker, which, by the way, I'm sure you've noticed I am not. I asked God many times, like, of all people, why did you call me to preach? Because I'm terrible at, at talking. But you know what I've realized in my life? I need God's strength to do this. Because even if to the world standards or I could get up and say a bunch of fancy things and impress, if I don't have God's power on my life when I get up here and preach from his word, it's really not going to mean anything. And at the very best, some people may go out and just be like, oh, well, that was a nice message, but that really doesn't mean anything for eternity. And my prayer is, my hope is that not that you go away from here talking about the preacher, but you go away from here talking about the God of the preacher. And that the Lord instills some things in your heart saying, man, this is what I do for God or this is how God helped me or whatever the case may be. But the point I'm trying to get at is I want God to be my strength. And yeah, you may not be a preacher, you may not be a singer, but Christian, you need God's strength in your life. Just to live the Christian life, just to pass out a track, just to be a witness, just to be solid for the Lord Jesus Christ. You need God's strength. And the Bible says that those whose blessed is the man whose strength is in thee. And learn to ask God for strength, right? It's okay to wake up in the morning. And say, God, I need you today. God, I'm facing things today. God, I'm doing this. God, give me your strength. Because God wants to strengthen you. God wants to help you. And so we see that's the third group is those whose strength is in God. But then we see that the psalmist continues talking about this group, about these people whose strength is in God. In verse number 6, the Bible says, that we'll read verse number 5 again. It says, Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, and whose heart are the ways of them. Who passing through the valley of Baca make it a well. The rain also filleth the pools. And so we see the psalmist mentions here in verse number 6 that these people who, whose God is their strength pass through this valley of Baca. And what Baca means is weeping. And so these people whose God is their strength go through a valley of weeping. And so that tells me that this valley isn't a very fun place to be in. Right? Weeping is associated with sorrow. It's associated with heartbreak. It's associated with hurt. And the reality is, Christian, is that everyone at some point in their life is going to go through a valley or several valleys of Baca. Several valleys of weeping. And whether that's because of some health issue in their life, whether it's because of some relationship issue, whether it's because of some hurt or some heartache or some depression, or maybe it's something you're praying and asking God to answer your prayer and it hasn't happened yet. But the reality is that sometimes this life is hard. And sometimes we go through things. And I'm, I'll be honest enough to say in my life, there have been times where I've found myself in this valley of Baca. Right? Where I feel discouraged and I feel heartbroken and I feel just like empty on the inside almost. And at times you cry and say, God, I'm in this place and, and why have you let this thing happen into my life? Or why haven't you answered this prayer yet in my life? Or why haven't you? And it's in all honesty discouraging. It hurts. It's not easy. But the reality is, is we all go through those things. And I also just like to add, don't let the devil tell you that you're the only one that goes through something like that or that because you're a Christian, you go through those. Because, folks, the people out in the world go through valleys like that just like we do. But I'm thankful we have the Lord with us when we go through these valleys. And I'm thankful for that because even though this valley is full of difficulties, God says we can still be blessed there. 
Even though this valley is not a fun place to be, God says we can still be blessed there. Because right, because he says in verse number five, blessed is the man in whose strength is in thee and whose heart are the ways of them who passing through the valley of Baca make it a well. And so because we serve such a great God and such a great Savior, even though we can be in this valley and a place of hurts and a place of heartache and a place that we don't really enjoy being in, God can still turn it into a blessing. And we can still be blessed there and good can still come out of it. But you know, it's it's interesting when I read the Bible, and I guess it shows me that God is not a man, and this book just wasn't written by men, because I read what God writes at times and think, that's not really how I would write the Bible. That's not what I would put in there. That's not what I would say. And looking through this, like, you know, it makes sense that those that are blessed are those that dwell with God, right? Like, it makes sense that I fellowship with God, I'm going to be blessed, right? I'm going to walk close to God, I'm going to be blessed. It makes sense that if I trust in God, I'm going to be blessed, It makes sense that if I follow the word of God, God's going to take care of me. God's going to be there for me. God's going to bless me. And even it makes sense to me that that God's going to bless me if my strength's in him. Right? If I rely on him and he gives me the power to do the things I need to do, God's going to bless me and help me. That makes sense to me. But looking at this verse number six, I find it very interesting that the Bible doesn't say that those who get through the valley of Baca are blessed. And it doesn't say those that endure till the end of the Valley of Baca or they get their prayer answered after the Valley of Baca or at the end of the Valley of Baca, God does this or that. Did you notice what it says in this verse? It says, blessed or, or, you know, blessed the man whose strength is in thee and whose heart are the ways of them who passing through the Valley of Baca make it a well. That the Bible says that those who are blessed are the ones who make this valley a well. Not get past it. Not just endure through it. Not just get past and finish. But even in this valley of Baca, and during this valley of Baca, they make it a well. And even in the midst of all this stuff, God can bring good out of it. And this kind of jumped out of me as actually I was listening to the Bible in my car in this verse. And I was like, I'm going to go back and listen to that again. But I thought about how many times we are so focused on getting out of the valley that we miss the blessings of being in the valley. And look, I get it, right? Like I completely understand. I've been in my own valleys. I even right now, some things in my life, I'm like, God, I want... And I understand why our focus is on, man, when the end of this thing, like, it's going to be good. And, and there's nothing wrong with praying for it or asking God to answer your prayer or asking God to change things or do anything like that. But so many times, like, that's what our focus is on, is I can't wait till I get out of here so I don't have to deal with it anymore. And, man, my life is going to be so much better when I'm past this Valley of Baca. And I get it, right? Because the Valley of Baca is not a fun place to be. It's not fun to be in a place of weeping and a place of tears and a place of heartache and a place of sorrow and a place that you're just like almost broken. But it's amazing that God says your valley of Baca can be made into a well. That God can take something bad and he can make something good out of it. Because a well is a good thing. Especially you you think about the Old Testament, I don't get too far ahead of myself and stuff like that, but, I mean, a well was an important part of their life back then. They couldn't just go to Walmart and buy a 40-pack of water or jugs of water or go, like, that's what helped them survive and live. And so God says this terrible, horrible place that those who make God their strength, they are blessed. Not when they get past this valley, not when they're done with this valley, not when God answers their prayer and removes the... But that inside this valley, they make it a well. And I want to say some things about this well as we think and, and are focusing on making this valley of Baca a well. Real quick, and, and we'll be done tonight, some things about this well. I want to say first off that the source of this well is your sorrow. The source of the well in this valley of Baca is your sorrow. Because I think about it, he says, he says, who passing through the valley of Baca make it a well. And I think he uses the analogy of, of this sorrow, right? The tears are what make up this well. And you know, Christian, uh, the reality is, is that without the pain and hurt in your life and in this valley, there wouldn't be a well. If there was nothing to cause that sorrow and nothing to cause that hurt and nothing to kind of bring you to your knees and cry a little bit and heartache a little bit, you know what? 
there'd be no possibility for that well to be made in your life. If there wasn't bad, we'd miss out on certain blessings from the Lord. You know, I even think about the book of Psalms. You know what the book of Psalms is? I don't know about you, but Psalms is probably my favorite book of the Bible. It's been just a huge help to me. And at times when I've been discouraged and hard, like I get a lot of help from the book of Psalms. You know what it is? It's a well. But you know where that book came from? The sorrow of David. And some of the passages that I've gotten the most help and encouragement and blessing and all are the times where David was going through his own valley of Baca. And he was going through his own heartache and his own hurt and crying out to God. And that's where it came from was a bad situation of Valley of Baca. But God made it into something good. I mean, you look, especially at the Old Testament. You know where we find a lot of the great passages and a lot of the great stories that are so incurred are from bad situations. The story of Joseph has been a great help to me in my life. But it wasn't very fun for Joseph to go through. Right? When he's sold into slavery by his own brothers, when he tries to do the right thing, and then he gets lied about by Potiphar's wife and cast into prison, and then he helps out the butler and the baker and all that kind of stuff, and says, and they forget him for two years, right? That's, that's not a, like, woo, this is amazing and great and fun. It was a valley. But you know what God did? He made it a well. And I can look at the life of Joseph and say, hey, he was faithful to God, and you know what? God was faithful to him. And something good came out of something bad. You even think about maybe the Israelites, you know, running from Pharaoh, right? We, we, we hear the great story about Moses parting the Red Sea, right? The man, God can make a way, right? Uh, there's a song I sing about God delivers again, and it mentions that, right? That man, when they couldn't go either way and the Egyptians were coming behind them ready to kill them, God says, hey, lift up your arms and the Red Sea is going to part. And what happened? That's what God, it's an amazing story. But man, if you're the Israelites, if you're the Moses and you're right there getting ready to get killed, like, that's a hard time. That's a difficult place to be in. But God brought something good out of something bad. And over and over and over and over again, you know what you find a lot of in the scripture? God making wells out of Valley of Bacchus. But if there was never a hard time, if there was never any difficulty, if there wasn't a Valley of Baca, you know what? We miss out on a lot of things that have been a help and an encouragement and a blessing to us in our lives. And the point being is, Christian, can I say start looking at your sorrow as an opportunity to make a well. And I understand, right? It's not fun. It's not enjoyable. And sometimes we can't help but just be heartbroken and spend those times and crying and weeping and tears and God. But it's very easy for us to only look at the negative things. It's very easy for us to just get consumed on how bad it is and how terrible it is and how our life's just horrible. But God can bring good out of it and look for how God can use it to be a blessing. And that's not always easy to do. But you serve a great God. And that same God that allowed you to be in that valley you're at right now is the same God that can make some great things come from that valley. And a well that helps and is benefit. He can make that out of your valley. You know, I think of how, how David over in, in 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse number 6, it says he encouraged himself in the Lord, right? They go off to battle and they come back to Ziklag. And I think it was the Amalekites or Amorites or one of the Aites uh, they had come and, and burnt their city and taken their wives and, and their children and their everything, and they left with them, right? And the people were ready to stone David because of what happened. He says he was discouraged, but it says he encouraged himself in the Lord. And they went and they caught the Amorites, and guess what? They got even more spoiled back after a lot was all said and done. But I think David was saying, hey, God can take care of this. God can make a way even in this bad situation, right? When I've lost everything and people are ready to kill, that's a bad spot, but you can make it a well. And so thinking about this valley, this uh, well and this valley tonight, like I said, number one, the source of this well is your sorrow. And remember that as hard as it is, as difficult as it is, as hard, that's the source of the good in, uh, that God can bring in your life is that hard thing, is that difficult thing. And so not, number, not only number one, the source of this well is your sorrow, but number two, this well strengthens you. This well strengthens you, and I kind of brought this point up already. But, you know, water is a big help to your life. It strengthens and sustains you. Like, that's the point of a well, right, is to draw water for yourself, for other people, for your animals. Like, a well 
is an important thing and you need water to live. You need water to be able to function. I mean, you go a day or a couple of days without drinking water, you're going to, you're going to be in trouble. That's kind of funny because uh, I was thinking, uh, before our camp, we do with the, with the youth group kind of a, a day of fasting and stuff like that. Just ask God to help us and to be in on what we're doing and stuff like that. And normally we do it on Thursday so we can end the day in prayer as a youth group and stuff for our evening service. And there was a girl there that, uh, uh, I guess she just really took it literally, but not only did she not eat anything all day, but she didn't drink anything all day. So she had not had water the entire day and she was, I'm not just going to say not all there, but like she was not doing the best. She was running into walls and it was just, it was kind of crazy. And I was like, you need to make sure you drink water. Like that's, you can drink water and fast at the same time. But the point being is what happened? She didn't have an intake of water and it was affecting her. Right? Like you need water to be able to function good. And so that's the point. This well is a help. This well is a benefit. This well is a good thing. And just like physically water strengthens and sustains you, that valley and that well you can make from your sorrow, you can draw strength from the Lord from your sorrow. And God can take that hard thing and that difficult thing and that hurtful thing and he can use it to make you a better Christian and a stronger Christian and a Christian who's closer to God. You know, I think about certain situations and circumstances in my life and you know the times that I look back on and see that God has strengthened me the most or helped me grow the most or used me the most was times when I was in the Valley of Baca. And he made a well there and he used it to draw me closer to him. I can remember as a young man, and I'm, I'm very thankful my dad's a pastor and growing up, he made it a point to take us to church meetings. I mean, we went kind of, we went to sometimes to Myrtle Beach and to some different vacations like that. But a lot of times our vacation was either going to a camp or to a camp meeting or revival meetings. We'd travel five, six hours to some good churches we'd know and would go to me. And I'm very thankful for that because I got to see some men that had the power of God on their life. Like preachers that, man, they would preach and God would use it. People that would sing and God would... And as a young man, I could remember 14, 15, 16 years old, you know, at these meetings going to the altar and being like, God, I, I want that in my life. Like, God, I want your power on my life. I like for your glory, but I want to get up and preach and it help people. I want to sing in a minute. Like, Lord, I want, and God answered that prayer. Not that I think he's been, I've been blessed to be able to do some preaching and stuff like that. But you know, when I saw God use me the most in my life and really start to change my life in a point where I felt like God was, was, was helping me in that area was when I went through one of the hardest things I've ever experienced in my life. It was when God did some things in my life to break me. And when I was broken, and when I was in the valley of Baca, when I was in that place of sorrow and weeping, and it wasn't like some maybe terrible thing, but to me it was, it was, it was, it was the hardest thing I've ever been through. God used that to put His strength in me and to show me how much I needed Him and to draw me closer to Him so He could use me. And Christian, that's what God does with this valley. Is he helps you build a well so that you can have something to draw that strength and sustenance from. And so God can use it to help you. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. You keep your, uh, yeah, actually, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. You don't have to keep your spot there in uh, Psalm 84. But just kind of an example of what I'm talking about. Second Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number seven, the Bible says this, unless I, this is Paul speaking, unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure for this thing. I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me, excuse me. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, why rather glory in mine infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And look what he says. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and in reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. And Paul up here brings a thorn in the flesh that was given to him. And just from what I've seen looked at, I believe it was probably his eyesight, that he didn't have very good eyesight. And it was something that, I mean, in a sense, it was a valley for him, right? Because he prayed three times. Like, I mean, and Paul had, like, power with God. Like, you look want to see someone that had God's That was Paul. And he prayed and he prayed and he asked God and said, God, remove this thing from me. You know what? God said no. God said, you're going to stay in that valley. But he said, my grace is sufficient for, for thee, and I'm going to help you get through it. But not only that, did you know what, did you, did you see there what Paul said he learned in this valley? 
that God's strength was made perfect in his weakness. And that when Paul was in those moments where he was in sorrow and, and asking God for things and probably hurt because, God, I, want, I don't want this thing in my life, he realized, but hey, God uses this in my life to do some great things. And not only that, but verse number 10, he starts to say, not only do I, you know, God help me get, but I take pleasure in these things. And in a sense, I'm for these things. You know why? Because when I'm weak, that's when God's strong. And Christian, in our life, if we never went through a valley of Baca, and we never went through any of these hard things, and we never went through things that we prayed for and God didn't answer, and we pray, or not didn't answer, but didn't give us the answer we want, and we prayed and God didn't give us the answer we want, and we keep praying, and we had to be patient and learn to rely, I don't think we'd have power with God in our lives. You know why? Because we think, well, I'm pretty good, right? Like, I mean, yeah, we go to church and read our Bible, but I think we can all say in me being, you know, the one to admit the most that I spend a little bit more time in my Bible when I'm going through a valley like that. I pray a little bit more when I'm going through a valley like that. I listen up a little bit more at church when the preachers, when I'm going through a valley like that. And he uses it to draw us close to him because that's what that means. That means we get closer to God, which means God is, is able to give us his power more and his strength more and help us more in our life because we're more sensitive to him and what he wants us to do than just being focused on my life's good. And so, you know, okay, I'm just doing whatever. And so Christian, the reality is, is that this well strengthens you, and you know what? Your valley can and will draw you closer to God if you let it. And hey, it's hard to not get bitter. It's hard to not just get in that place where we're so depressed and discouraged that that's all we think about, and we come to church, we don't really have the joy of the Lord, or we're going through our day, and I understand that. I'm not like down on anybody because of something you're going through, and you feel like, but the reality is God can use this to help you in your life and strengthen you and grow you and make you better and prove himself in your life. But you have to let him do that. You have to be open to that. You have to be willing to make this valley of Baca a well. And so we see number one about this well, the source of this well is your sorrow. And number two, this well strengthens you. But then lastly, I'd like to say that this well not only strengthens you, but it strengthens others. That this well strengthens others. Because regardless of what the devil would like to tell you, you're not the only one who is going to pass through that valley of Baca. And yeah, he does a really good job of making us think like, man, just God doesn't care about us. And I'm the only one going through this and this is, but other people, maybe even not the same exact situation, but the same maybe type of circumstance, other people are going to go through that same thing. And like I said earlier, you know, a physical well, yes, it was a benefit for the one that made it and built it, but anyone else passing through, like, they could use it as well. Like, they could draw water from it and get, like, it was a help to them. And in our lives, Christian, God can use your well to help someone else get through that valley. If you're willing to look at your valley and your sorrow and your weeping and say, yes, God, it stinks. And yes, God, you know, if I had my choice, I'd be out of this valley. And yes, God, it's hard, but Lord, your word says that blessed are those that make the valley of Baca well. And I believe that you can use this for some good. And so God, instead of just being focused on all the negative and how horrible and how, but God, I'm going to focus on what you can teach me through this, the great things you can do through this, the way you can prove yourself through this and have that attitude. You know what? Then some other people that come along and go through that same thing, you have the opportunity to minister to, and you have the opportunity to help. Because you know what I found in my life? It means something to me when I'm talking to someone because I'm going through something and the person I'm talking to has been where I've been at. Now, yes, we have the word of God. And I do believe you can take the word of God and minister to anyone and help anyone and all this. Like the word of God is sufficient for anyone in any circumstance. But just in all reality, being honest, I'm, I'm sorry if this is, but I'm just, I'm an honest preacher. I just try to be upfront and just look at things, how I look at life. In my circumstance and things in my life that I've gone through, you know who the majority of the time the people I go through for help when I really need it are the ones that I know have been where I've been at. Because I know they're not just saying things just because, well, this is what, but God has proved himself in their life to help them in their valley. And it helps me say, well, if God did that for them, I know he can do it for me. And you know what happens? The well that they built in their valley of Baca, I am able to use to strengthen me to get through my valley. 
and the times in my life where I've gone through things and faced things and God's allowed me to go through some valleys. I've seen how it works in the lives of someone else and it's a blessing when I can look at someone and say, yes, God will take care of you and God will support you and God will be faithful to you. And I'm not just saying that because the Bible says it. I'm saying it because I've been where you're at and God took care of me and God helped me. And it means something, Christian. And the reality is, is that the main purpose of your valley may just be because God needs a well there. You know what, as Christians, sometimes we can be pretty selfish. And sometimes we can go through situations and circumstances and we kind of look at it as, why, why God you do this to me? Right? I'm being faithful to you. I'm living for God. I'm doing right. I'm not a wicked sinner. I'm faithful to church. I, why, why would you let this happen? Like, I'm, I'm living for God. I feel, why? And we forget that our life isn't about us. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says in all things that Christ would have the preeminence and all things were created for his pleasure, right? And you know what that means? Like, I know we sit in church and we hear it and like, oh, yeah, that means in our life, sometimes God does stuff in our life that we really wish wouldn't happen, but he does it for his purpose and his pleasure. And he may just allow you to go through that horrible, heartbreaking, heart-wrenching, terrible thing in your life because God knows down the road there are going to be a couple people that come through your life that are going to go through that same thing. And maybe they're not as spiritual as you. Maybe they're not as strong in the Lord as you. Maybe they don't have the walk with God that you have. And he knows that if you can be faithful to make your valley a well and faithful to trust in God and stay close to God and let God work some things, that guess what? When those other people come along, you can be there to say, God's going to take care of you and God's going to bless you and God's going to help you. I know because I've been here and God's done it for me. And what I found is sometimes that's what the Lord does. And the purpose of my valley, yes, maybe it might be to teach me some things and do some things in my life, but it may just be because, hey, at one time I asked God to use me and to help me be a blessing and a help to others. And that's, God, that means God says, okay, you really want to be a blessing and a help and minister to others? That means you got to go through some things so you can minister to people and know, know what they're going through. Because it makes a difference, Christian. It makes a difference. And maybe it'd be helpful to look at your valley and have that mindset of maybe God's letting me go through this because he's going to use this in the life of someone else. And Christian, it happens. Like God does that. That's not just preaching. That's not just saying some things. God will use the hurt and heartbreak. And it, it's difficult. It, it hurt. It's not fun. But God can do some great things through that in the life of someone else. And so this well strengthens others. And you know what I find? That even in this valley of Baca, even in this valley of sorrow, that this well becomes a blessing. Remember how we start off that, that blessed are those who strengthen the Lord, that make the, that there is blessing, there is good, there is benefit that comes from this sorrow, from this valley of Baca. Because you know what? It's a blessing to look back on my life and the things God's brought me through and the things God's taken me through. And yeah, it stunk when I was in it. It stinks to the things right now where I'm waiting on God, I'm praying in God's night. It's like, this is, this is hard at times. But it's a blessing to see how God's used that in my life to help me. It's a blessing to see how God's grown me and strengthened me and taught me some about the character of God because I've been through these things. Because once again, you don't really grow a whole lot. You don't really learn a whole lot when things are just, you know, status quo and everything's smooth. So you learn the most and you grow the most in the difficult times, the hard times, the difficult things. And it's a blessing when God does those things in your life and grows you and helps you. You know it's a blessing? To be able to see how a hurt God lets you go through and a valley God brought you through as a help to someone else. And that's a hard, it's a hard feeling to explain. It's a hard, um, whatever you want to, it's, it's, it's just, it's difficult, but there's something special about seeing God use you to be a blessing and help to someone else because of something you've gone through. Uh, back, I don't know how long ago it was, five, six, seven years when I was going through that thing that at that time was, like I said, the most difficult thing I'd ever been through. The Lord uh, helped me to write a song called He Gives a Song in the Night. And it was just when I was going through that, God was just showing me some things and teaching me some things. And just the point of the song was just, you know, even in the midst of the darkness, God's still there. God still blesses. And God, you know, the, the psalmist, it says, uh, God who give us songs in the night. Like it's, it's a blessing. Like God's there for you. And so I wrote that song, and, and, and a while back I had made a CD too and stuff like that, and I would put it on there. And at our camp a couple weeks ago, there was, a, there was a young lady in her church, and she sang that song. 
And uh, she sang it for camp. And uh, she sang it, and I pretty much just cried while she listened, while she sang it for a couple reasons. One, because just thinking of what God brought me through and the whole circumstance of writing that song. But also the fact, and she talked to me about it then some too, that God had used the song that I had written to help her in some difficult times in her life. And how it had been a great blessing to her and meant something to her. And then she's up singing it to be a blessing to someone else. And you know what that is? That's that valley of Baca becoming a well that's a blessing to someone else and help to someone else. And yeah, that hard thing, man, yeah, there's part of me that wishes I would have never gone through it and never experienced it and never saw. But if I would have never gone through that, I would have never written that song. And then that song would have never been a blessing to that young lady to the point to help her what she's going through. And the point being, it's a blessing. Like I said, it's hard, but it, it's just, it did something. It was a blessing and God used it. That well can become a blessing. And you know what? The great thing is too, even when you're out of the valley, that well is still there, right? I mean, yeah, when we're going through that valley and we don't see an end and all, it's hard, it's difficult, but you know, normally the Lord brings us out of that valley, right? There's a time then where God's faithful and he brings us through or helps or whatever the case may be. And then you know what? It's in the past. It's, it's not affecting us. It's not hurting anymore. But you know what? That well that was built in that valley is still there. Right? Those things in my life that are in the past, I can still look back on and see how God proved himself to me and trust that in the future God's going to continue to be faithful because I can say, God, you did that for me back there, so I know you can do it now. You want it? I'm still using that valley that was way back then. Like I said, that song that I wrote way back then, that well that I built back then, you know what God used? He still used it to help someone else even though it was back then. And it's worth it. It's a blessing. It doesn't go away. You can still draw from it. And like I said, yeah, when you're in that valley, it's hard to have that faith and be like, yeah, it's worth it. And it's, it's, I'm not saying it's just like, oh, this is just fine and great. Like, But when you get past it, you know what you can look back on and say? And I'll honestly, praise God I went through that valley. Praise God he allowed me to go in that valley of back. You know why? Because I was able to build a well there that even today helps me and even today helps some other people. And so Christian, I, I, I don't know where you're at tonight. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know if you're in a valley. I don't know if everything's going good and everything's going. I don't know what the situation is in your life. But I'd like to encourage you that the Bible says, blessed are those who make God their strength and that going through that valley of Baca, make it a well. And Christian, I get it. When you're in that valley, it's hard to see outside of that valley. And it hurts and it's difficult and it's hard and all those types of things. But I promise you, Christian, God can make your valley a well. And God can use that terrible place you're at, even maybe right now in your life, for some great things. For some blessings for you, for some blessings for some other people. And I don't know the point of it, but God does. You know, going back to blessed are they that put their trust in God. You know what you need to trust the Lord in? That God, you can make this valley a well. And you can make this bad situation a good thing. That doesn't necessarily mean God's going to answer it the exact way you want it to be answered or do everything exactly the way you, he wants it. But he will and he can bring good out of it if you will let him. Who passing through the valley of Baca, make it a well. Can I encourage you, Christian, tonight? Make your valley a well. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. I'm not sure exactly how you folks do things on, on Wednesday nights and stuff like that, but I like to normally when I'm done preaching, just give a, the old Lord an opportunity just to let you do business with God. Uh, piano player, if you, it's up to you. If you want to do business with the Lord, you can play piano, you can. So just in the quietness of the room as the piano plays, I encourage you, if the Lord spoke in your heart, you can come down to an altar and do business with the Lord. You can sit in your seat and do business with the Lord, but just take some time to reflect on maybe what the Lord's spoken to you in your heart about. So many times we kind of listen to messages and then we kind of go our way and we sing our song or do this or do that. And then I think it kind of robs the Lord of that opportunity to minister to our hearts. And so I'm going to be quiet here for a little bit, not to make it awkward or anything, but just to let everyone have some time to do some business with the Lord. That if God spoke to you about something in your heart, don't just hurry up and run out of the room, don't, but do some business with God. Maybe you need to say, God, I'm going through this valley and it's difficult and it's hurtful and it's hard, but Lord, I want, it to, I want it to be a well. God, I want it to be used to help somebody. I want it to be used in my life to help. I don't know. Maybe you're good right now. Maybe everything's fine. Maybe you can just pray, God, if I end up going through a valley, help me to remember this so I can make it whatever it is. 
I'm not the Holy Spirit. I don't try to be the Holy Spirit. But you know what? how God's spoken to your heart tonight? And I pray He has, and I pray that He would use this message. And so once again, as the piano plays, I'm going to be quiet. You just bow your heads, close eyes, do business with the Lord, however you see fit. Dear follower, thank you for this night, God. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to be here and uh, just for your word and just for the blessing it is. And, and God, I want to thank you for just in my life, Father, the times in the past where uh, I've seen you bring bring good out of bad situations and bad things. And God, even in certain things in my life right now, I pray you'd help me to be faithful to what I preached and to remember what I've preached, God, and to make the valleys a well. Lord, to be trusting in you that, God, you'll you'll take care and you can do great things out of bad situations. And, Father, I pray for this church right now. Lord, I pray for each individual in their lives that, like, Lord, this message was just a blessing and an encouragement. And, God, that you would use the things in their life if they're going through a valley to strengthen them, to be an encouragement, to a, be a help for others, God. Lord, I pray for, for Pastor Stewart and his family tonight, God, as I'm sure it's, it's difficult and hard with the surgeries and the things going on. But, Father, I pray you'd, you'd minister to them and help them. And, Lord, uh, use this situation in their life, God, to draw them to God, to draw this church closer to you. And, Lord, to do great things through it, Father, that you would show miraculously, God, how you can take a bad situation and, and bring good out of it and do great things. So, Father, help us to stay faithful to you, and and God, part of this too is, uh, Lord, we can pray to be out of the valley. There's nothing wrong with the desire to be out of the valley or asking God, but Paul said, I've learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. And, Lord, help us to be content tonight in our valleys to just make it a well and draw from it and live for you, God, and be faithful to you. And so, Father, thank you for this church. I pray you bless them once again. I pray you bless each one tonight that was faithful to come out on a Wednesday night. It's a blessing encouragement to me just to have them here. And I pray you just continue to be with this church, guide and direct them, be faithful to them, God, as I know you will be, and just help them. So, Father, we love you. Thank you for being so good to us. And, Lord, just once again, I pray that you'd receive the glory and praise and honor for everything that happened here tonight because you're the one that deserves it. So, Father, we love you, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, God's Word Baptist Church, it's been a blessing being here tonight. Thank you for being here. And unless someone else has something going on, you're all dismissed. So, thank you.